I'm the Failing Youth Pastor, and welcome to the Failing Youth Pastor Podcast. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever recorded an episode of your podcast only to then realize when you went back and listened to it that you have been recording through your computer microphone instead of the microphone that you are supposed to be recording through? Well, I just recorded uh, a good amount of this episode um, through the computer and um, I deleted it. I deleted it because it sounded absolutely awful. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, so the words you're about to hear, I'm going to say them for the second time and you're going to hear them for the first time. So it's going to be a little strange. But before we kick off this episode, um, first I wanted to say that I have the meat sweats right now. I just ate a hamburger that was bigger than my head and so I am struggling really bad, but I promised. I said that I would get a podcast episode recorded, and so that is what I'm doing. I'm going to record this this episode, even if I have to delete a vast swath of said episode and re-record it. I'm doing it and fighting through the meat sweats as I do so. But really, um, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have listened to the podcast. Um, we're up to over 700 downloads now of all the episodes. And it is really a blessing. You know, I'm not in it for the numbers. That's just one metric. Um, I've heard so much great feedback from the episodes. And and so I'm just glad that I can be used in a small little way to impact people's lives, even if it's just a little bit. I'm so grateful for all of you that have listened to the podcast and continue listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for that. Um, I want to make this podcast better. I want to make this podcast something that is entertaining, something that's fun and informative. So if you have feedback for me, I would love to hear it. If it's criticism, let me know. If it's a way to make it better, let me know. If it's encouragement, let me know. Um, I would love to get your feedback on these episodes as they get posted um, because I want to make it better. I want to make it more fun and, and entertaining and Uh, I I want you to enjoy listening to me, which sounds weird because my wife doesn't enjoy listening to me. My kids don't enjoy listening to me. My youth students don't enjoy listening to me, but hopefully you enjoy listening to me. And if you do, if you could rate and review the podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to be one of those people who beg for people to rate and review the podcast and give me five stars and all that stuff. Well, the reviews do matter, unfortunately. (laughs) And so if you enjoy this podcast, um, give a review, whether it be on iTunes or wherever you listen to this. If you could give a review, that would be so awesome. I I really would appreciate that. It just makes it so that more people can find it. It's ranked a little bit higher and people will be able to listen to it. So thank you to those of you that have done that. Um, When I first started this podcast on iTunes, I got like five, four or five one-star reviews, 
And I was pretty bummed about that. And then people came in with a bunch of five-star reviews. So now we're up to four stars. And so um, really appreciate that. But unfortunately, it matters. And um, if you find it in your heart to do that, I would really appreciate it. So as we jump into the meat of the episode, which is recruiting leaders, um, we have to take care of some really fake business with our really fake sponsor of the day. I'm really excited for this sponsor. Today's sponsor is Light the Fire Furniture. Light the Fire is the world's leading makers of office furniture. And they have a new chair, um, especially for youth pastors um, and young senior pastors. Their newest chair is called the Caboose. This chair can sense when you're goofing off and not working. If you're surfing YouTube for too long, it literally lights a fire under your caboose. So stop wasting time on Instagram or Snapchat and get back to work. Light a fire under your caboose. Propane tanks not included. So let's get into the meat of this episode, the real reason why you guys are here. And that, of course, is to learn how do you recruit new leaders. So this is probably one of the most frequently asked questions, I would think, or at least a question that goes through a lot of youth pastors' minds, like, how do I actually get leaders? How do I do that? Because we all know that you need to have leaders to do effective ministry. You need other people on your team to do effective ministry. But how do you go about doing that? And the first thing that I would encourage you to do is something that um, is easier said than done, and that's to stop panicking. Panicking isn't the way to get leaders. You cannot always control when a leader decides to leave the youth ministry. You can't control when a leader who you thought was going to be a youth leader decides to pull out and not be a youth leader. A lot of that is out of your control. You can't change that. So why panic about it, right? Why focus on that? Rather, I think we need to to take an approach that is the opposite of panicking. When you panic, and, and oftentimes this is true even in life, when you're panicking, that is often when you make the worst mistakes in your life. That is true in ministry as well. When you're panicked, you, you stop being as discerning as otherwise you would be. So take a step back, rest in the Lord, seek his face through prayer, and then move forward. But the last thing that you want to do is panic. Do not panic. So after you have rested in the Lord, after you have uh, taken time in, in prayer and you have the right mindset, I think you also need to be picky. Youth ministry is unique. It takes a special kind of person to deal and minister to youth. But it also takes all types of unique people. Here's what I mean by that. You don't want everyone to be exactly like you. So if you're the jock youth guy right if you're the if you're the jock youth leader um you can't have all of your youth leaders be athletes 
you, you can't have them relating only to the athletes in your group. You have to have people that have different types of interests, whether it be gaming, whether it be, uh, you know, board games, whether it be World of Warcraft, which is gaming, but not really, not a real game anyway, might make some people mad with that one. <laughs> but I digress. You need leaders, as we stated earlier. You need adults in your youth ministry, of, of course, but you need the right adults. You need adults who follow Jesus wholeheartedly, and you need adults who genuinely care for these young people that you are ministering to. You need people who are going to care for the ministry and care for those students like you do, and that you have to have in common with them. That you have to make sure and investigate whether those people are on board with your mission, your vision for the youth ministry before you have them on. And so you do have to be picky. Now, if you're new to a church, if you're new to a ministry, you're not going to know all the people that you can uh, reach out to and, and contact. Another thing that I would encourage you to do is, is ask your leaders, the current leaders that you have, who are some people that we can reach out to that would be awesome youth leaders? Because they're going to know. They're going to know those people who would make a huge impact um, for, the, for the good in your ministry. And use them as a resource, right? Use them as the, the tool to find youth leaders because they're going to know. They're going to know the people in that church better than you do. But along with being picky, okay, when you're picky, that also means that you have to be able to say no to some people. You have to be able to say no to an adult who comes to you and says, hey, can I be a youth meter, youth leader, not meter, a youth leader in the ministry? I can speak English, I promise. You have to be able to say no, because that could be one of the best decisions that you make in your ministry is saying no to the wrong leader and saying yes to the right leader. And so you need to be picky. You need to be picky when trying to find a youth leader. Another thing that I see a lot of churches do uh, and I've seen churches do in the past is they will post in the bulletin, hey, we're looking for youth leaders. And I absolutely cannot stand when I see that. It gives me the heebie-jeebies because you should be identifying people in the church community who could be good leaders, and then you need to go after them. You need to approach them face-to-face. -face. Hey, you've been recommended to possibly be a youth leader, or I've seen some really awesome qualities in you, and uh, I think you would make an extraordinary uh, leader in our youth ministry. Would you be willing to sit down and talk with me? You have to go after them. It is it is really lame when I see the the church wide message. Hey, we really need youth leaders for the youth ministry. Number one, it breeds desperation. It reads as though um, you you'll take anybody at any cost. And that's not how you should approach looking for a leader. We talked about not panicking and we talked about 
being picky. You're kind of you're kind of giving off both of those things, or you're giving up on both of those things when you put it in the church bulletin that you need leaders. You should have a list of names of people that you can contact before you do any of that. Uh, before you make any church announcement or anything like that, you should get a list of names of people that you can contact personally to find and ask if they would be willing to be a youth leader. But you have to go after them. You can't be afraid and you can't wait and be apathetic and wait for people to come to you. Um, that's generally not how it works. You have to go to them. Make them feel like they're wanted and go after them. Go after them. If you were to post in the bulletin that you need leaders, you're probably going to get some responses, of course. But then again, you're going to have to say no to a lot more people. You're going to get in a re- you're going to get in some really weird situations because I didn't say this before, but saying no to a potential youth leader is really tough. It's really difficult to do that. In one of my previous episodes. Um, I compared it to Kramer in Seinfeld when he gets fired from a job that he didn't even work at, you know, and it's really tough to do that, to say, hey, I just don't think that you would be a good fit here in this ministry. That's tough. And so get a list of names and reach out to those people. Go get them. Don't wait. Go after them. And then the last thing is that you should have some sort of interview process in place so that when you reach out to these people uh, and they're interested, uh, they don't have to say yes right on the spot. You can offer um, to meet with them, talk with them, get to know them a little bit better. Um, and that's kind of how we do it. We have a little bit of a, of a process when we're looking for new youth leaders. And this is a relatively new thing for me, um, implementing a, an interview-ish type thing. But I found that when you don't do that, you do open the door for things that you, you just don't know. Now, there's never a a perfect way to stop uh, the wrong person from, you know, being a leader in your youth ministry. Because look, people are really good at being fake. You know, they're really good at, at pulling the wool over people's eyes sometimes. And you can't always stop when somebody's going to come into your ministry and then be divisive or um, berate kids, berate or berate. If they're braiding their hair, that's fine. If they're berating them, then that's a little bit uh, different. But here's how we have started doing leader interviews. The first step is I call them or I contact them and I set up kind of a one-on-one time, kind of a get to know you. Here's a little bit of background to the youth ministry I work at. So I work at a youth ministry that is actually shared by two churches. So there's two church bodies that are combined for one youth ministry. And so I don't know everyone quite as well as I would if it was just one, if that makes sense, because I split time at at the different churches. So I sit down with them one-on-one, get to know them a little bit more, and give them the expectations of what it means to be a youth leader. And our expectations are a little bit different for senior high than they are for middle school. 
but generally speaking they're they're roughly they're roughly the same and it usually comes down to being consistent and being present and so we set those expectations we i give it to them as as clear as i can um if i don't know them that well i'll ask them to to share their testimony i'll ask them to share what god has been uh, teaching them what they've been reading in the word, stuff like that to, to get to know, you know, you want to get a feel and, and a read on their spiritual life. Because if their spiritual life with Jesus isn't growing and isn't vital and isn't, um, isn't life-giving, then they're not going to have anything that they can pass on to the next generation. And so that's the the first step is meeting with them one-on-one. And then the next step is having that team uh, meet them and hang out with them. So we're actually in the process of getting another leader for our youth ministry, and we're kind of taking steps in that direction. And so we're going to be setting up a, a dinner at my house with our middle school team to meet this new leader that may be coming into the ministry. And the reason we do this is because our youth ministry teams are pretty close. Um, they are they are a team. And I've found that having a team of people is much more effective than just a bunch of individuals who make up your youth leadership. They are friends. They are a, a team. And they're, they're all different. They're all different in their own unique ways, um, but they have a a working relationship with each other. They have a, a relationship with each other um, where they can trust each other, right? They can go to each other. Hey, I have this issue with some of my students. How do you? How have you coped with this, or how have you dealt with this? And they're their own little group. That can be tough sometimes, but you have to kind of keep in check that with becoming like their own little click right within the within the church but it's so much better to have a cohesive team to do youth ministry than it is individuals and so we want to make sure that this new leader is going to fit in with the with the team be a good teammate if you will with the the leadership that we currently have and so we're going to have all of them over to my house for some dinner, and they'll get to know this uh, potential new leader, ask some questions, but really it's a, it's a get-to-know-you type of a thing. And then lastly, of course, we do a background check, and we do a pretty, th- as thorough as you can, uh, of a background check. And uh, once all that stuff is completed, then bam, you got yourself a, a leader. And I know that it's it's easier to say this and to say all of this stuff when you're not in a crunch to find leaders. I have been where a lot of you listening to this have probably been before, where you are you are on the inside desperate to find leaders. Like you just don't have uh, enough leaders. I've I've been there. I know exactly how you uh, how you're feeling. Um, I I know exactly what that's like. But please don't panic. Don't panic over that situation. Be picky about the people that you're going to bring into the ministry. Have a have a, a a good list of people that you can reach out to and go get them. And um, lastly, have some sort of inter- interview process where you can get to know them, they can get to know you, uh, and then they can get to know your current leaders too. And um, I think if you do that, you're going to see success 
when it comes to recruiting leaders. But of course, recruiting leaders is only a small little first step in in leaders and developing leaders, right? Getting them in the door, that's a good first step, but then you have to equip them. And so I think I'm going to be doing an episode on equipping leaders here pretty soon. But for now, I guess you're just going to have to settle for getting them through the door. Um, but I do hope that this was helpful and beneficial to you. So yeah, let's, um, what do we got now? Oh yeah, let's move on to the listener question of the day. Today's listener question of the day comes from Jordan Wilder on Twitter at jwilder1995. I think that's probably the year you were born, and um, that makes me feel old. Um, Here's this question. Is it better to relate real scenarios that may go on in their lives going forward or to just more so preach the word to them? seeing as I lead a group of teenagers at my church. Um, I answered this. uh, I answered Jordan on Twitter, um, but I wanted to expound uh, a little bit on my response to him. Um, The first and foremost important thing that you do is preach the word of God faithfully to those students. Your words and my words can stand out and you can you can craft phrases that'll stand out in their minds. And if you have real life stories that can stand out in their minds, but there is nothing more powerful than the word of God. And that needs to be what students take away from your ministry the most is that the word of God is the very word of God and that it's written for them and to them, and they need to learn how to apply that to their lives. They need to learn how to read it, and they need to see that you have a love for it. I would say that preaching the word faithfully and being passionate about it and um, them seeing you just fall in love with the word of God and fall in love with the God that inspired those words is way more important than any life story that you could give to them. Way more important. On the flip side of that, when 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 Jordan said, is it better to relate real scenarios that may go on in their lives? What I hear from that is the application piece. So you don't just give them scripture, you give them application. And that's where the job of the pastor really is. How do I apply this or how do you as a student apply this to your life? So here's a truth. How is it applied to my life? How is it that I live this truth out? And that can be illustrated through an, an illustration, through a real life story, through uh, a whole host of other teaching tools that you may have, but it all comes from the word of God. It all starts with the word of God. And then the application piece comes after. And so I would say you do both of those things. It's not an either or, but it does take some creativity to be able to take the word of God, which some people, I don't know how they do it, but they make, they can make the word of God so boring. It's, it's amazing to me. But the word of God is active and living and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So your job is to get out of the way 
of the scriptures working. Your job isn't to make them come to life. They're already alive. They're already working. You just need to share that. And so you can do that through a multitude of ways, um, but it always comes down to what does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? How does it apply to my life? You do both of those things. So Jordan, thank you for the question. I really appreciate you asking it, and I hope that the answer was sufficient. Hey, look, you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any feedback, you can hit me up on Twitter at FailingYouthPTR or on Instagram at FailingYouthPTR or send me an email, failingyouthpastor at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your day or evening, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Failing Youth Pastor Podcast.